0: It's all golden to me. Tommy Davidson has been entertaining us for over 30 years, acting stand-up comedy. His book is out and he's now on tour. I am South Florida. Let's introduce everyone to Tommy. Oh, he's already got the book in hand, Living in Color. I can't wait to tell our viewers and listeners about this book. It, it's so fascinating. But Tommy, how are you feeling? How you doing?
1: I'm really good. I'm really good. It's, it's a Monday, fun day. <laughs> that one day, baby. Um, I'm, I'm excited, excited to get down there. I've been going there for probably 28 years or more. Wow. Uh there was a place called the Comedy Corner that used to be there. And I that's when I used to do like I used to, you know, fly all the way to West Palm to open, you know, do five minutes for the weekend, you know. And I opened for like Rosie, O'Donnell and, and Louis Anderson, all the big, big people, you know, this way before you live in color. So
0: all right, so we're 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 glad to have you back down in South Florida. To me, it's paradise. So viewers and listeners, right off the bat, save the date, June 3rd through June 6th. Tommy Davids is coming to the Palm Beach Improv. Go on the website now and lock up your tickets because these will go quick. Listen, people are fiending for live shows, comedy, laughter. I think it's the best medicine. I mean, let, let's ask you, like, what does laughter and comedy do to the human soul? To me, it's the
1: best medicine. It's something that I can't describe. And I tell you, I, I, I've always had it but I didn't discover that I really had it until I was like probably about 18, 19, that I really had this thing, but it's not until recently, I'd say about six years ago, I was in Afghanistan and one of the kids, I call them kids because they're my, they're my kid's age. They were guarding the front gate there and three of them got shot. One of them died. One of them got paralyzed. One of them lost their foot. So the brass comes to my room we had already been like bombed like two times right so I think it's over they asked me to go to his room you know and cheer him up I said okay I don't know what I'm going to say so you know they're walking with me and as I'm walking people are peeling off it was just me and the curtain around the bed I'm like where'd everybody go I guess you know here goes the show you know (laughs) so I stick my head in he's got all kind of tubes in him he's laying there, you know, sleep. And I guess he hears me rattling. and he looks over, he, a smile so big comes over his face. He goes, what are you doing here? I said, I was about to ask you the same thing. And and, and that's when I knew, like, there's so much more to this.
0: That, that, the, the positive impact, what it does. And I think now more than ever, people need that laughter. Obviously, you tell a story like that, that's a, a, a lot more extreme. So so glad that you were still performing. I mean, I think comedy's probably changed from the late 80s, 90s till now. I mean, do they even let you say anything?
1: Yeah, I don't know, because, you know, I've never had a problem with, with, with saying stuff that was, you know, politically incorrect, because I just, I think I'm just politically correct, you know, because of my background. So, you know, and I was always, I was always taught to, to um, look at the people around me as people. From the very beginning. So I never would say anything derogatory towards anybody unless, unless it was to show a brighter side. I I
0: wish more people would just see no color and see us as humans and as people. Um, Mm. I don't know if a lot of our viewers even know your backstory, but uh, hopefully you don't mind me sharing that. Yeah, please,
1: please. Please. I'd like to finally hear it. I've been been saying it.
0: To me, it's from tragedy to triumph. I mean, you were abandoned as a, as a child, I think, in a dumpster in the trash, which is mm-hmm. the most heartbreaking mm-hmm. thing I could imagine and think of. And then something was talking to a woman and, and, and led her to the trash and actually found you and adopted you. So you were adopted by, by a white mother.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: That, 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 to me, is just the most wildest story. So you're raised by a white family. You didn't even know you, you were a man of color.
1: Yeah, I didn't know that they were white either. You know, I thought that they were peach, like in the crayons, you know, and I was brown, like in the crayons. Now, I grew up in Wyoming and and, uh, Fort Collins, Colorado, around animals and farms and all kind of stuff, you know. So I saw a lot of litters be born, you know, and I thought that people were like animals. You can have a cat would have a litter. It could be a black one, gray one, brown one, speckled one. You could. I I saw a horse. Horses would have colts could be a black cult and have like a white cult. It was crazy. So I'm thinking that's us, you know, we're all animals are all kind of colors and you know, that's just how it is. Then I moved to Washington, DC and um, during the riots in 68, when King got shot, so there's fires everywhere, and people running, you know, doing all kinds of stuff, tear gas, which looked very familiar about this year. You know, I've seen that before, how ironic, you know. And we settled down in the in the the black kids, not known as black kids, but brown kids, beat our asses, man, every day. And we're calling my brother and my sister white cracker and calling me white cracker lover. So I was five. So I went to my mom finally and said, you know, why are they keep calling me a white cracker lover? I like graham crackers. You know? And that's when she told me the story of color. She said, people, your color, when they don't like us, that's what they call us. I said, well, what color are they? She said, they're black. And I said, no, they're brown. She said, yeah, but that's what we call them. So then we moved to the suburbs. Same story. All the white kid, grown white men were chasing me home. It's the first time I heard the N word. So I go to my mom and I go, you know, who are these Ns? We got to stay away from them. They seem like some really bad people, you know? She said, well, that's what people, our color call people your color, when they don't like them Well, I've been like, what color are y'all? Well, we're white. I said, no, you're like peach. And then my whole brain exploded at five years old. I just, I didn't belong, feel like I belonged anywhere. You know, I was like, what the heck is this? This is the stupidest thing ever. But I also went on a quest in my life to find out why that was, you know? And a lot of that is in the book, It's my journey to find out why people treated each other that way. And it took me down a lot of a lot of avenues, a lot of roads, a lot of books, you know, and, and come to find out there is no color, you know, there is no color. Love is the color and green is the enemy. Hmm. That's what I was able to surmise out of it, you know, not grass, you know, but green bread. It seemed like that was the thing that people, that separated people, but they used color as a way to kind of camouflage it. What made you write the book now? My sister, my sister, she, call, she um, called She me one time. She always got something to say. So I didn't take it serious at all. You know, you never mentioned mom in your interviews. You do all these big interviews, do all this stuff. You never mentioned mom, man. And I didn't think about it. But it occurred to me, the reason why I never mentioned her because I was ashamed of her. I was ashamed of my mother because when she came around, people started treating me different. We grew up in a predominantly black neighborhood. So when she came to school, you know, all the kids would look at me really weird and start treating me different too. You know, you're a punk, you're soft, you're not really black, da da. You know, it was that thing. And then when I went places with them you know, I, I would feel I didn't know what I was feeling, but I would feel like everybody in the restaurant didn't like me. That wasn't all the time. Which I can which I can say for me is a, is is seems to me to be a different outlook on it on it than other people. All, all white people didn't treat me that way. White white people were just as wonderful and loving towards me as black people were or Spanish people, or Asians were. They were just tall people when I was a kid. Most tall people treated me with a lot of love, you know? So I came out of this thing really uh, a psychedelic, hippie, love, peace-loving kid. And I was lucky to come up at the time I did because during the time in the 70s, peace was in style. All the kids were coming back from Vietnam and, and everybody was out there with picket signs and the women's lib movement with, with um, uh, Billie Jean King. And, you know, you know I am woman and, 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 and civil rights movement. And, and it seemed that to me, it didn't seem, it really did happen. That color was the thing that we all were trying to make happen. We got bused to different schools. We all started going to school together. Everything reflected it from, from, from Sonny and Sheer to, to um, Seals and Yarnell to Laugh In, to Sesame Street to Hong Kong Fooey to the cartoons we watched. It was all, It was all kind of meshed together. We never really we never I, when we grew up, we never really dealt with race, you know from from 70 on. We were like the hippie kids. You know, peace was the thing. We had to, to play Hair. You know, Tommy, Jesus Christ Superstar, Oliver, uh, Bye Bye Birdie, West Side Story. You know, we we just we just were just like a really hip hip kids, man. You know, it, it's not until you know probably the eighties that things started going kind of south with with drugs and, and and things started getting kind of crazy in this country. And then it, you know, of course. Coming into the 2000s where we are, it seems like it went all the way back to when I was a kid. And I think your book is so timely right now,
0: um, Mm -hmm. more than ever. So uh, certainly, viewers and listeners, go on Amazon.com. I think that's the easiest way. Grab the book and type in Tommy Davidson or Living in Color. And I think you'll have your eyes wide open. But you're just proof as far as as coming through it. and, And kind of it seems like you really see the positive, though, in all these situations and all these people that you're taking positives from it.
1: Well, you know, you 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 if you don't, what do you got? You know, you got WW2, right? And some people of small, I think a small group of people are convinced that that earth is going to get through WW3 or something. You know, and 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 there's a good chance that we won't. You know, you know, it's called WW, so the whole world was at war. Half of the world was fighting the other half of the world. You know? How does nature sustain something like that with the weapons we got now? You know, if you saw Planet of the Apes and you know what it's all about, you know? So, you know, that's the thing that 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 is the strongest force that we're dealing with. And, you know, we can't take our, we can't put our eyes too far into our TVs. I mean, into our telephones where we don't see the world around us or too far in the TV where we don't see the world around us. The, the, the more we're out of, of those apparatuses and look around us, you'll see that we are, we come from color. I love that. Yeah, that's why we were given that part of our eye so we can see it all.
0: That's right. Speaking mm-hmm. of color, let's let's go back and, and lighten it up because in living color on for four seasons to me, my cheeks and jaw would just be hurting after each episode Just the funniest program. What was that experience like? I know you share some of the behind the scenes
1: in your book, but share a little bit with us. It's a rocket ship to the moon. You know, I got there out in LA and all of us, me, David Alan Greer, Jim Carrey, everybody got out there to LA trying to stake a claim in in a career that we wanted. And we tried to get TV shows and movies and we would see each other at the clubs and we emerged to be the best ones, you know, among the comics that were there. We were younger. Seinfeld and, and 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 Roseanne Barr and um you know a lot of those you know Tom Hanks was in the comedy clubs Michael Keaton was in the comedy clubs Woody Goldberg was in the clubs you know we were these kids coming in you know and we all ended up on the same show so what do you think was going to happen and we come from those kids that I was talking about you know we we love Lucy we love you know there is no distinguished difference between I love Lucy and good times. I mean, we all watch the same stuff, you know, so we brought that to the show, I think. And that was the first time America looked really like it really looks was only living color, you know, white kids, black kids, Asian kids. We all laugh at the same things, but we all got to see us in one frame. I think that's what changed things and everything. This world has changed, but we don't really, you got to look at it in the context of time now, you know, with, with, with everything that's going on it's already come together. But right then it was just getting pieced together. You know, we had Run DMC, Run DMC and the Beastie Boys and Kid and Play and all these things were starting to come together, you know? And now they're already together and we're moving on, you know? So I, I thought it was, I, I thought the irony of the title of the book came from my experience. You know, I was lucky enough to get on a show called, you know, In Living Color. But I was a kid that was living in color, man. I was color conscious from the day I, I arrived in DC. So it's living in color. I didn't realize
0: the unity that that show brought. I didn't look at it from that perspective.
1: Yeah, because you know, you know over, over the years with this country, you know you don't know what to laugh at and what's going to be proper for you, and especially white America. You know, because if you're like my mom and my grandma, you know, you, racism makes you uncomfortable and you don't want to say the wrong thing. They don't want to say the wrong thing. So they'll ask me, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? What did, why, did, why is that that way? You know, and within Living Color, you didn't have to ask. It was just all right in front of you and it all felt good. You did,
0: uh, you did some of the best impersonations on that from Sugar Ray, Michael Jackson, Sammy Davis, Spike Lee. Let me ask you this because I was looking at your Instagram and you've hung out. These seem like these are your friends. You're hanging out with them. Are they ever, did they ever get mad at you? Were they ever like, hey, do this about me? Were they giving you tips? What's that like when you're roasting them, but now you're hanging out with them?
1: I never got any flack from anybody I, except for Arsenio didn't like it. Ah. Uh, I think to this day, he doesn't like it, man. I'm like, hey, man, what's up, man? He's like, hey, man. You know, I'm like, come on, dude, man. Come on. <laughs> you know? And that's you know, another comedian. He's the, one. he's the only one. I think, yeah, he's the only one that had a problem with it from me. Um, but we would just touch people. You know, Ray Leonard looked at me one time in an interview. We did an interview together. And he looked at me for a quick second, you know? You know, because I do him very, you know, you Sugar Ray Leonard. I tell you what. Talvin Harris is a very, very good puncher, not a very good fighter, you know? And 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 I was doing this and and I looked at him and he looked at me like, for one second, I was like, I forgot this guy knocks people out, man, for a living.
0: <laughs> That's, uh, see, I saw one picture, he was choking you, so I was like, oh, I, I wonder if he
1: said something about something I didn't like. <laughs> yeah, 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 but lucky though, I, I got to, because of this, I got to know a lot of people that became friends that I was familiar with as a kid. I was friends with Lou Rawls, you know, friends, I'm friends with Stevie Wonder, Luther Vandross, uh, George Duke is another one, Carlos Santana, I mean, Samuel Jackson, I mean, you know, well, before Sam was Samuel L. Jackson, you know, Spike Lee, Robert Townsend, Keenan, Stevie Nicks, I mean, Ringo Starr, I mean, you just, Like, these are the people that I grew up listening to. Whoopi Goldberg, Billy Crystal, Robin Williams. You know, and and those are all from the comedy club. From You know, when I got to L.A., they were like, whoa, this kid. Some of them would come down to the room where I was. You, You know, I wasn't in the main rooms. You know, but people would make their way up there. You know, hey, Seinfeld's watching you, man. You know, and everybody had something to say. You know, everybody had something to say to me, like you know, Sanford. You you're really good, man. You're you're um, all you gotta do is keep doing what you're doing, you know. And I watched them get television shows. I mean, that's how st- steeped I am in this thing. I watched them get television shows. You know, Adam Sandler. I watched him start his movie career. He was a main room in Comedy Store. You know, just just like that, Tim Allen. You know, me and Tim. I went on the road with Tim. You know, and did shows, you know, just watching these people just, I'm lucky. I got to drive. I got to um, drive the Oscar Mayer Wiener Wagon. I got to uh, drive the Goodyear blimp over the Super Bowl. I went to Bozo's studio. I had lunch with George Lucas. He asked me to have lunch. You know, I've performed countless times with Stevie Wonder. I've traveled the world for 30 times. I've been to probably every major military installation, whether that be a Marines, Air Force, Army, what have you. I've been in the arena out there in the, in the theater, in the military theater for 26 years. In, in, in bases, you know, as far as like Diego Garcia or, or uh, Kyrgyzstan. On the on the border between Mongolia and China, you know. Like I really, really have had have have had a great run at this thing. From South Bend, Indiana, you know, to 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 Florida, you know, Tampa, West Palm. I didn't know about Florida. I didn't know about that place. Duval, there's so much, there's so much going on in this, in this country. So I came up with a show that I'm working on, The Laugh Bus, where I take comics across the country. You know, on on a, you, you can call it a reality show, but it's the reality of our country, to bring them together. So I'm, I'm every day waking up, feeling good about where I am. And that takes a while. That takes a while as a person to adjust to all this stuff that's out here, you know?
0: Uh, your, your mind is right, man. I, I love that. I I want to also just acknowledge you because I've noticed that you're on all those USO military tours. So kudos to you for supporting the military. Thank you. Make them laugh. That's a beautiful thing. So it is true that comedy and laughter could really lead to just all the magnificent things in life. So I think we all just need to start laughing more, bring more happiness viewers and listeners, June 3rd, June 6th, Palm beach improv, make sure you see Tommy Davidson. Tommy, who's your like top five. What's your Mount Rushmore of comedians? This is a tough one. For
1: me, it's uh, Pryor, Robin, Carlin, Eddie, and a guy named Charlie Fleischer.
0: Nice. I'm going to check those out. Didn't know yeah. that last one. If you can describe, what's that feeling when you're on stage and that crowd just erupts in laughter from a, from a joke? What,
1: what, what's that feeling? Can you describe it? Surfing surfing you know it takes a long time to get out there but man if you catch a wave cowabunga baby you know what i mean and you're in the tube you know i don't surf but i don't have to i know you know that 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 must be the feeling you know and 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 you can just crash into the wave babe you know it's not like riding a skateboard it's kind of rough a lot of bumps you know if you fall it may hurt you know but when you get on, when you get on that stage you're riding people's better mind, it's a phenomenon that one person can stand there and make I've, the, the the most people I made laugh at the same time were 60,000, you know, it, one person making 60,000 people laugh at the same time with 60,000 different varied experiences, but I can bring them into one, you know, it's, it's a phenomenon, you know, it's a, it's a, but it's a, it's as, it's as um it's as common as any human skill that we've come to you know whether it be surgery or 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 electrician uh, electrician's labor or a guy who 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 um, knows how to run the hell out of a subway train you know or 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 minor in matawan you know it's just a part of, of of what we are you know and that's me I'm My my purpose was to be a component of all. I didn't know that before. It's it's the book that that brought that forth, you know? And so everything that was negative that I grew up in my my, my perception of things, it all turned out to be, if I didn't go through that, I wouldn't be walking this walk right now. You know? And it includes, you know, from Led Zeppelin to Earth, Wind & Fire to... To um um, Jay Cole to, to to I mean to to Green Day to to Coldplay to Toto, to Grover Washington Jr. from from the presiding Adventure all the way to Star Wars. I mean, it's like, look at that. You know, from Italy all the way to Chicago, just making making all of these intricate and wonderful connections. I talked to De Niro, and I had De Niro at the film festival, it was dying to meet him in New York. And I had saw this movie called Paisan. It was an old Italian movie from the fifties where this black GI befriended this little boy in Italy during World War II. And the little boy stole his boots. And so he's going around in this war trying to find the little boy that stole his boots because he liked them a lot. But he was like, hey, man, where's my boots? So we went into this cave finally where they told him where he was. And that's where all the all the peasants, all the Italian peasants were hiding from the bombs. And it was like clothes everywhere was poverty. And he said he finally found the boy. And he said, you can keep the boots. Hmm. And the boy said, why? He said, because this reminds me of the of the tenements that I live in in Chicago. And I told De Niro, that could be a great movie. And he said, I saw that. He said, first of all, he said, how do you know about that? (laughs) And second of all, he said, I'm going to make some calls and see if that, I'm going to call Scorsese and see, you know, what he sees in that, you know, I haven't talked to him since, but that's okay. I'll see him again, you know, God willing, but it's those kind of things, you know, that's a great
0: story, and, and it's, it's crazy when you look at all those different elements and all those historical, monumental, from arts to entertainment, how it just plays a role in everyone's life, so
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's mm-hmm. pretty amazing. Tommy, I'm just so impressed with your attitude, what you've done in the entertainment industry for so long. We have the book out you're back on tour, which I'm so excited about, and now exclusive, you heard it here first, Laugh Bus is coming. That's going to be a great show. I might need to sneak on one of those bus trips just to see what goes Oh, come up. on, you can the come. the bus is sometimes better than the actual shows.
1: Yeah, man, you can come. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really the peace train, Cat Stevens, you know what I mean? That's what it is, you know? So, so in, the, in the immortal words of, of Kansas, in my departure, I'll say, carry on my wayward, son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't cry no more.
0: You ever sing? I think you got some singing
1: in you, too, a little bit, too. Yeah, carry on. on my we were son There'll be peace when you are done around. Let you weary, can't do Don't you cry no more Dang, dang I love that I'm <laughs> Davidson Viewers and
0: listeners, June 3rd, June 6th Make sure you go on Palm Beach and website Get tickets now Go on Amazon, get his book very excited for this new TV show, of Tommy. TV, you are the man. You are a role model, your inspiration. I think young comics need to watch you and learn from you. And you have the right attitude. That's why you've been so successful in this entertainment. Thank you, thank you. And I'm glad to be here. Glad to be coming back. Tommy, yeah. you're the man. Can't wait to see you live. I'll be following you. Get his book. Go see him live on tour. Tommy Davidson, everybody. Let's thank go. you, man.